7.34. Let's continue now with North Korea's multiple unidentified projectiles launched early this morning from a similar area of the country on the east coast into open water as last week's launches. Uh, Six days ago, they were short-range ballistic missiles. Remember, North Korea's barred under United Nations Security Council resolutions from firing ballistic missiles. But there was no punishment. In fact, US President Donald Trump suggested that they were routine, that short-range missiles are not really a concern. Professor George Lopez uh, formerly served on the United Nations Security Council panel of experts for North Korean sanctions and currently teaches at the Kroc University for uh, sorry Kroc Institute for International Peace Studies at the University of Notre Dame and uh, joins us on the line. Thank you for taking the time again this week, Professor Lopez. I'm sorry we have to speak about these issues yet again. Well, I mean, certainly the situation seems to have intensified. Do you think anything has really changed, though, based on what's happened this morning? Well, certainly uh, one of the things that's changed is uh, Mr. Kim seems to want to double down for attention and for statements from the U.S. and the South Koreans about the military exercises. That seems to be one of the political targets of this military launch. Uh, but so, too, I think, is uh, to get the attention of President Trump, not inviting Trump to condemn this as much as to have him say to save face, our talks will begin soon. We promised those in June, and I know they will begin soon, uh, because the North Koreans seem to, I think, rightly sense a confusion or reluctance on the part of the United States to, to come to the table again. How much of it is likely to be connected with a planned joint military drill for next month, South Korea and the United States, um, whenever they've done military movements in the past, that's drawn anger from from North Korea. And uh, in fact, last week, North Korea said that its missile launches were very much aimed at warning South Korea. Oh, I think it's a dual message to both South Korea and the United States about the exercises. Uh, You you know, it hasn't escaped Kim that... uh, he achieved, uh, with very, very little concession on his own part, other than he was willing to sit and talk, uh, an end to the military exercises at, at the, the first level of uh, this encounter between the United States and, and the North Koreans. And so clearly he would hope that uh, either to keep stability and to return to new non-missile activity or, or no testing, that Mr. Trump would again say he would suspend exercises. But this time... I think uh, the United States has at least heard that the South Koreans understand the importance of the message sending for continuing to, to or resuming the, this kind of exercise. I, I believe that it's much more threatening, of course, to you in the South uh, than it is to the United States to have this kind of lower-level missile tested, and we need more attention from the United States both to that and as you mentioned at the top of our discussion, uh, a a resolution before the Security Council and a condemnation of this. Uh, A Conservative administration here, or one of the previous administrations we've seen, um, as we got used to for a few years, might have very swiftly condemned what happened last week and uh, and again condemned what's happening now, rather than just uh, calling for North Korea to refrain from such actions and to come forward for dialogue. Is there a, a feeling that because of Trump's own reasons for holding back on any condemnation and for South Korea's desire to, to accommodate North Korea's behavior, that that, uh, that is just making the situation worse or is going to encourage North Korea to become more belligerent? 
I think this is a real important question, and I'm not sure many of us who are a little bit distant have an answer to this. There is, on the one hand, from all of my contacts, a, a deep concern that the, the president uh, and, and certainly nor Secretary Pompeo or Mr. Bolton are as fully engaged on this issue as they should be. They're preoccupied with Iran. Uh, the president himself is preoccupied with a number of other domestic issues. And uh, I, I, I think the United States is missing a very critical opportunity, both at the United Nations and with South Korea, our ally, to address this question very, very quickly and to nip it in the bud. Do you expect working level talks between the U.S. and, and North Korea to actually resume any time soon? We had hoped by this time last week that there would soon be an announcement of what the U.S. team would be and a date would be established. The uh, lack of that until the uh, test of yesterday, um, in, in a sense, Mr. Kim may have saved uh, President Trump from, from non-action because the only word out of the White House was that this now gives us pause and we need to think about our position in the talks. They won't be held next week. And in a sense, I, th I think one would say two, three, four weeks is the best time out to suggest that these talks would occur, but it gets closer and closer, of course, to the military exercises. And there is a strong faction uh, in the national security staff led by Mr. Bolton that would say we don't need talks. What we need is the military exercise to convince the North that we're very much about tough business again. What about the um, the fact that you, for example, served, as I mentioned before, on the United Nations Security Council panel of experts uh, for North Korea sanctions, and, and the fact that North Korea shouldn't be launching ballistic missiles at all? Would you have expected previously, when you were on that panel of experts, would you have expected to be called upon to give an opinion on, on, on the nature of these missiles and whether there should be further punishment? We would, but the national intelligence agencies of any number of the permanent five states would have already beat us to the punch on that. I think some of the more critical uh, role of the panel at, at this particular moment is to uh, alert the P5 to the kind of climate that we see coming about in the region and that it becomes more and more difficult to actually sit down and talk the more that these kinds of violations are, are not addressed. Uh, the, the biggest dilemma is that you're not going to have Russia or China right. introduce a discussion of condemnation. It's going to be up to the United States or France or Britain. The U.S. seems reluctant to and hasn't yet even confirmed its permanent ambassador to the United Nations, uh, a position that's been open since December. France and Britain are angry with the United States with regard to its behavior in Iran, so they're not going to help uh, the United States in this. They're going to let the United States pull its own weight, which is refusing it to do. So basically, if the United States is um, happy to let these missiles fly, quite literally, then no one's going to be bringing forward any more suggestions of punishment. Well, I, it, it may very well be that you have a coalition of states outside of the council that push the council to, to act. Certainly, South Korea could request council action, um, but I think they're right to wait and, and to see if uh, diplomatic discussion uh, between they and Japan and, and others can lean on the United States. This is, uh, I hate to say, um, 
a kind of crisis moment that many of us have worried about with this administration. Uh, We've had a crisis moment or two, as you know, with regard to Iran in the past couple of months and seem now and then to back away from the edge. But there seems to be no attentiveness of the level of crisis with regard to North Korea by these firings. And and that uh, speaks, I, I fear, to the lack of focus and lack of competence and a lack of unitary policy in the Trump administration with regard to the Koreas and regard to the whole region at the moment. Is there any fear in your mind that President Trump is is simply going to run out of patience at some point and perhaps very, very soon, like today, maybe run out of patience because of the proximity of this launch or these launches to what happened just six days ago? No, I don't think that's in the cards at all because, A, we know it's short-range missiles and and medium-range at best once we identify what happened this morning. But um, the... The relationship and the uh, stage presence of the relationship with the North Korean leader is so central to his claims of success in foreign policy, he can't possibly entertain the notion that we would go and condemn this when his friendship with Kim is the centerpiece of what he believes is the end of testing of nuclear uh, material and, and is one of the keys to the future, the future denuclearization. He's also listening to too many people about the uh, prospects of success of the, of, the, of the maximum pressure campaign. Well, we talked about um, what the world might do, and it doesn't look like we're going to get much of an immediate response. China and Russia carried out their own um, provocation, obviously, in the last few days, um, right. beyond just holding back. Right. W- one of your areas of expertise, and we talked about this this week already the, on the sanctions front, how much more room is there to really squeeze North Korea, um, given the reports that Pyongyang is still finding ways to evade sanctions, to even obtain luxury goods through sophisticated networks? Well, the more that we find, believe it or not, uh, particularly through procurement networks, particularly through the illicit cash that's available to, um, to these people, uh, in order to take care of their business uh, of, of beating the sanctions, um, the more targets you have for targeted kind of sanctions. And I believe that the swollen status of North Korean embassies, the number of uh, business people who are seen as getting um, part-time visas to go to countries to conduct what seems to be or the cover is uh, legitimate business, that that's the route to go. You begin to control travel, visas, shrink the size of embassies, and you probably need to engage a number of critical states, not China because they won't cooperate, but other states in the Gulf and in northern Africa to start inspecting freight cargo. Thank you, Professor Lopez. We've squeezed a lot in there uh, and we're out of time. It's uh, a pleasure to have you again on the line with us. Happy to talk with you anytime. Thank you so much.